And the Bible says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And now, as we begin to shine brighter and shine farther, last week we talked about being a contender. And we talked about contending with God. And we learned that if, when you can contend with God, you'll win every battle that the world has to offer. And one of the battles that you're going to face in contending and contending with a vision and watching a vision comes to pass is the is the element of time how many of y'all have ever struggled with god's time element in a vision if you have raise your hand if you haven't you've never had a vision <laughs> amen and so when you begin to struggle with god's time element there becomes an issue in life where you begin to wonder do i sell out and do i quit or do I keep pressing on and going forward? And so the title of this morning's message is Up for Sale. Up for Sale is the vision that you're walking in, doing what God's called you to do. Is it up for sale this morning? Because many times in our life, when we begin to press in and shine brighter and shine farther, and we begin to go, we hit roadblocks from time to time. And if we haven't been contending with God, we'll never win the battles that we fight in the world. And so in our lack of contention sometimes, we, saw, we find the vision not coming to pass as quickly as we would like. Do, have you ever been? there and so this morning as we find out what is up for sale have y'all ever been to an auction before if you ever been to an auction lift your hand up real high i know we live in east texas and a bunch of y'all been to a cattle auction i've even been to a cattle auction as weird as that may think me in a sale barn yes i have been in a sale barn with a cattle auction and how many of you know when the time that comes when the auctioneer is done and everybody's quit bidding he says what does he say he says going once going twice sold to the highest bidder and then he points out the bidder and so this morning as we begin to talk about contending and going forth with the vision I'm going to ask you is the vision God has personally given you is the vision of this church in your life ever up for sale and because if it's up for sale we need to stop and reevaluate we need to stop and pull back a little bit and we need to get stronger where God's called us to be stronger because we don't want it in our life to be going once going twice sold to the highest bidder. And so if we're going to be going to press on and we're going to shine brighter and we're going to shine farther than ever before, the one thing I want to ask you about, when I read this quote, let me ask you if this has ever rang true in your heart. Our greatest fear as individuals and as a church should not be failure, but, at seating, but succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Our greatest fear as a church should not be failure. Our greatest fear as a church should be we are succeeding in things in life that don't really matter. We should, we, we should be concerned about going once. And going once is the first point of this message. And the first point of this message is, are we succeeding at things in life that don't really matter? And that should be our greatest concern in life. And the point I want to make with going, going once is this. Is it today versus the day? Have we sold out the, the, the vision of of the day for the pleasures of today. Have we sold out what God is wanting to do in our life over the long haul versus the pleasures of today? Because many times the pleasures of today strongly override the vision of the day. Now what is the day? The day is the day not just that the vision arrives, but it's the consummation of the age. The Bible talks about it in 1 Corinthians. It talks about the day, the judgment day. Not the judgment of the righteous and the unrighteous, but the judgment where we stand before Christ and he gives out rewards to everybody according to what they did here on this earth. This is the judgment of the believers. This is where we stand before God on the day, and God's going to ask us, did we sell out the day for the pleasures of today? And if we sell it out for today, how much are we missing on the day? Let me give you an example on sometimes how we sell out in, in, in our lives. How many of y'all have ever fallen victim to this? we got to make so much money to have a nice house, and we've forsaken having a home. We're selling out today, the pleasures of today, to build a bigger castle instead of worrying about the actual home 
that we reside in. How about this? How many of y'all have ever had to strive to get a nicer, bigger, better vehicle, and to do that, you had to work overtime, and so we sold out our family of kids for the day of a nicer car. And how many of this has taken place in our life? We begin to rely so much on the technology in the world, and we had a great display of awesome technology, that we begin to rely on technology instead of the teaching of God's Word. We're selling out the pleasures of today for the day. In our life, many times, we got to get to the point where we do not start selling out for Selling out today for the pleasures of the day, we must begin to walk forth in all that God's called us to do. Now, when you have a vision from God, listen, when you have a vision from God, a vision begins to produce drive. And when you have a drive, you then get a direction. And when you have a direction, then you have a destination. And when you have a destination, you'll have actual a fulfillment of the call. But if you do not have a vision, then you'll never have drive. Then you'll never get a direction. You'll never get to a destination. And if you're not getting to a destination, you're always going to settle for today instead of what God has for you on the day. Can I get an amen on that? So I want us to challenge ourselves this morning. Have we believed going once and have we believed the lie of the enemy and we begin to understand that, God, we know we got great things in eternity. We know that heaven has a lot to offer, but, God, I'm still going to sell out the day for what the pleasures of today begin to offer. Tony Evans used this illustration in the Kingdom Man Conference, and I'll go ahead and tell you and give him credit for it, and I'm going to go ahead and steal it. Reggie Jackson was called Mr. October. He's called Mr. October because in baseball, the October is when the World Series happens. And always in the playoffs and in the World Series, Reggie Jackson always rose up to another level. Hitting three home runs in one World Series game. He always rose up to a new level. And they asked Reggie Jackson, Reggie, how do you always perform so well in the month of October? He said, because I start thinking about October in spring training. I'm going to ask you, are you thinking about the day today? Because if you're thinking about the day today, today you'll start living differently because you know it's going to have a direct effect on the day. And when we start thinking about the day more often, today is going to become a lot more alive and well. When we start thinking about the day more often, today is going to take on a whole different meaning. When we start thinking about the day, the vision, the destination, the day when God says, here you go, well done, my good and faithful servant. When we start focusing on that day a lot more often, today is going to have a lot more importance in it. Amen? And so this morning, have you believe the lie of going once that today is more important than the day today is more important than the day in many believers lives today i want to ask you have you believed that lie don't believe the lie of today because god's got great things in store for you on the day going once is the lie of today versus the day everybody say going twice going twice is this good versus great. Many of us live a good life, but God has not called us to live a good life. He's called us to live a great life, yet many of us settle for good when God's called us to be way better than good. He's called us to the realm of greatness. Now listen, God is not um, a foreigner to the term of greatness. Can I get an amen? God is not a foreigner to the term great. In fact, Damon, great is mentioned 915 times in the King James Version of the Bible, and that's not counting greatness. That's just the term great itself. So God is not a foreigner to the word great. God is actually very well acquainted with the word great because the Bible says in Nehemiah he is the great and awesome God. The Bible talks about all through the Bible how he's the great God, the awesome God, the mighty God, the God of power. So God is well acquainted with the term great. In fact, even Abraham, he came to him and said I will make your name great and I will make you a great nation and so God doesn't even think that it's bad for Daniel for you to be great and so if God doesn't if God is well acquainted with great and greatness and doesn't think it's bad for us to walk in great or greatness what is holding us back from walking in greatness many times what holds us back from walking in greatness is that we settle for what's good in life we settle for the average. We settle for the okay. We settle for what's good instead of for what's great. 
The problem the world sees with this, this aspect, Cody, is this. Many people in the world have a warped view of God because they're busy looking at us. And we say this all the time, oh, the God we serve is so great. Well, if the God you serve is so great, then why? Have y'all ever been asked that question? If God is so great, Joel, then why did this happen? Then why are you going through this? Then why is this taking place in your life? See, the problem is we've settled in the body of Christ for good, and we've given people a warped vision of God who is great, when in fact we're supposed to represent the greatness of God here on this earth. And so if the body of Christ is settled for going twice, the measure of good, and God is only settling for greatness, how many of you know that that brings us back to point one, where we're settling for today and not living for the day? Listen, there was a bank not too long ago who launched this commercial, and it talked about how they ran through over one million checks perfectly without an error. How many of y'all wish that was your bank? Amen. They ran through all these checks without an error. Over one million checks, they did it perfectly. They processed them perfectly. They got them to the right accounts perfectly. They got them to the perfect areas perfectly. They got the return checks back to the people perfectly. They operated in a measure of greatness. And at the end of the commercial, the guy makes a very profound point, and he says this. He says, we didn't try to do one million checks great. What we did is we processed one check perfectly and then duplicated the process. We processed one check perfectly and duplicated the process. See, many of you walk in fear of the term great because you're thinking of a lifestyle of greatness when actually the case is all you really need to do is find out how to achieve greatness and then duplicate the process. See, many of you get overwhelmed by the term great and you look at, oh, it's going to be so impossible for me to live a great life. I can't be like King David. I can't be like the prophets of old. I can't be like Jesus. I can't be like Peter and live in this realm of greatness. I can't do what Paul did and live in this realm of greatness. You want to know how they figured it out? They walked with greatness for so long. They got a feel for what greatness was like and then they just began to duplicate the process. In your life, if we're going to believe in going once and going twice, it's going to take us getting from the level of good over to the level of great by walking with greatness long enough until we can possibly see what greatness is and then duplicating the process. As we begin to duplicate the process of greatness, you'll begin to live a lifestyle of greatness. If you can live in greatness, Shanna, for one minute, can you duplicate the process for two? If you can live without sin, Mitch, for one minute, why can't we duplicate the process for two? If you can live in the anointing of God for one minute, why can't we duplicate the process and make it two minutes? Now, if we can do it for two minutes, why can't we duplicate the process and make it four minutes? And if we can do it for four minutes, why can't we duplicate the process and make it eight minutes? See, it's not about achieving a lifestyle of greatness. It's about finding out what greatness is, making it a part of your life, and then figuring out how to duplicate the process. When you begin to duplicate the process of greatness in your life, and I begin to live in greatness, the Bible automatically says my wife is going to duplicate the process. She's going to start aspiring to the level of greatness. But see, men, many times... Our families don't aspire to greatness because you haven't aspired to greatness. How many of you fathers go home and you complain about your job to your family? This is the worst job in the world. I hate my job. All the teachers, pastor, you can't say hate. You say it in your house. I hate my job. Some of y'all are saying, I would just love to have a job. You say, I can't stand my job. I don't like my boss. My employers are horrible. The people that work for me are bad, but the people that I work for are even worse. And you complain about your job when all that you're operating in is a realm of good. When you begin to be great at where God has you now, he'll move you to greater things in this world. See, the issue God faces right now in this world is that Christians too many times are operating in the realm of good when God says, if you'll just step up and learn how to be great and duplicate the process, I can move you to a whole new dimension that you've never dreamed about. 
And when you begin to move to a whole new dimension you've never dreamed about, God says, then I'll make your name great and I'll make a great nation of you just like he told Abraham. But the first thing God had to tell Abraham was get up and get away from the people that are just good and start walking with the God who is great. Listen, I want to encourage you right now in your dream and in your vision. Some of you know you're called to teach Sunday school. God's placed it on your heart and you know that you are in God's perfect will and what you're doing. And listen, don't settle for good. Walk in the realm of greatness. Some of you, God's called you to teach and preach around the world. Some of you, God's called you to cook. Some of you, God's called you to build something. Some of you, God's called you to do something mighty with vehicles. Some of you, God's called you to make a ton of money to give to the gospel of Jesus Christ and fund world missions. Why are you settling for good when God's told you to elevate to the level of great? Because when we begin to elevate to the level of great, God can begin to show his greatness among us. God can begin to show us great and mighty things that he wants to take place. Going once, have you believed the lie of today versus the day? Going twice, have you believed the lie of good versus great? After going once and going twice, what's the next word? Have you sold out to the lie that today and good are okay? Have you sold out to the lie that today and good is good enough is okay? Because many of you who've sold out to the lie that good is good enough and today is okay, you've already been sold. And the sold point is this, have you believed the lie versus living the life? How many of y'all are living, don't have to raise your hand on this, how many of you are living the exact life you've always wanted to live? Every desire of your heart's coming to pass. Some area we believe the lie then because we're not living to the fullness of the desires of our heart. Some area in our life we believe the impossibilities were too big and so God couldn't overcome the impossibility so we settled for where we're at. I want to challenge you in this thinking, if you believe the lie of today and if you believe the lie of good is good enough, I'm going to ask you this morning to stop what you're doing because remember, you're not for sale this morning. Remember, you're not for sale this morning. Listen, when you believe the lie of today and the lie of good is good enough, you become normal. When did God call any of us to be normal? When did God call any of us to be just the average person? Because when I just read Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world, not an average person. You are a city on a hill that cannot be, city, that can't be hidden not an average person. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, God wants to light you up so you can begin to shine and live. God wants to bring you to a place where you can begin to walk in the fullness of who he's called you to walk in. Have you ever seen a lion out in the jungle? How many of you ever watched Discovery Channel? And I know you like Shark Week, okay? But they also have a week called Big Cat Week. And they always end it with the lion, the king of the jungle. Have you ever seen those shows when, they, when you got the lion, the king of the jungle, and they show him just prancing across the open plains of Africa? He's just striding along. His shoulders are back. His head's up high because he knows who he is. And then they zoom right in on that big old face and you got the fur everywhere. And you can just see it in his eyes. You can see the fire. You can see the, the passion. You can see that he loves who he is. You can see that he's, he's confident in who he is. You can see that he's doing everything that he wanted to do as he struts across the open African plain. Now listen, have you ever seen the opposite of that? Have you ever seen a lion in the zoo? And the cage that they put him in or the box that they put him in to preserve him is actually taking the life from him. The box, now get this, the box that they put him in has actually taken the life from him. Now, many of you in your life, you haven't fulfilled the vision of God in your life because you're concerned about so many other things and you put yourself in a box of preservation, but the very box you put yourself in to preserve yourself has actually taken the very life from you. 
The very box that you set up as your safety net has taken the life from you. The very box that you put in, uh, put yourself in so you don't have to worry about things has taken the very life from you. And so I want to challenge you this morning. How have you put yourself in this rectangular box that you can't get out of and it's hindering you from living the life that you've been called to live? See, in the zoo, all the animals are in cages. But you also look at them and there's no life in them. See, a lot of Christians are just like that. You've put yourself in a box and you're alive, but you have no life. You're living, but you're just existing. You're here, but you're not alive. Because which the box you put yourself in to preserve yourself has actually taken the life from you. See, when you've got the life taken from you, you've been sold. Going once, you believe the lie of today versus the day. Going twice, you believe the lie of good versus great. When you've got the life taken from you, go ahead and slam the hammer down. You're sold. You're sold. And if you've been sold... I want you to stop for a minute and rethink this process. How can you be sold when you've already been bought? How can you be sold when you've already been bought? See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, 23, you were bought with a price. And if you've been bought with a price and you're no longer yours, but you belong to him, how can you be sold to somebody who doesn't own you? And so therefore, if you can't be sold to somebody who doesn't own you, that means there's still the opportunity for you to start living life and you can undo the lie of good versus great and you can start living for the day instead of today. Then your vision can give you direction and your direction can give you drive and your drive can you bring you to a destination and your destination can fulfill a calling that'll save the world that you live in. Amen. You've been bought with a price this morning. You're no longer your own. We belong to him. How do we sell out for today when we're not even up for sale? How do we sell out for good versus great when we're not even up for sale? How do we as the body of Christ put ourselves in a box that we're not even authorized to build? How do we as the body of Christ, how are we happy with just existing and not living? See, when you get to the point where you're tired of being caged in, and you're tired of the normal vision that you're walking in, and you're tired of the normal life that you've been living, and you're tired of the status quo of always being sick, and you're tired of doing really good at barely getting by, and you're tired of always just something going wrong and something breaking down, and you're ready for the next catastrophe. If you're always living in defense mode instead of living in offensive mode, it's time that you get out of the box that you've been living in and learn that you've been bought with a price, and that price was not for you to die, but that price was for you to live. And when you decide that you're going to start living, nothing in hell can stop you, nothing in this earth can hold you back, and all heaven begins to come to your side and propel you forward in this life. Amen? So today, you get to make a decision for the day. Right now, in the next five minutes, you're going to have to have a chance to make a decision today about the day. When you begin to make a decision about the day, God's going to give you vision. When you begin to get vision, he's going to give you drive. And when you get drive, you're going to get a direction. When you get a direction, you're going to get a destination. And the Bible says this in Habakkuk 2 verse 3. It says, though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries, wait for it. Even if you don't see it coming around the corner just yet, wait for it because God's working on something. And if God's still working on it and you don't see it coming around the corner just yet, that means you need to continue to work on becoming good to great so when, the, when it comes around the corner, you're in the level of greatness and you can operate in the destination that God's bringing to you. See, here's the problem. And I love it because we've said this for the past six weeks. Many times you say you're waiting on God. God's waiting on you. God is waiting on the body of Christ to understand this one concept to understand this one point, it's not about today, it's about the day. But the decisions you make today greatly affect the day. It's not about good, 
It's about living in greatness. And it's not about a life of greatness. It's about finding out how, how to be great and duplicating the process. And some of you, in the process of trying to duplicate the process, have set up yourself in a box. And the very thing you said, I'm going to do this to preserve my life, is the very thing that's taking life from you. And if it's taking life from you, you need to stop and say, my life is not my own. And whatever's taking life from you, you need to stop it and put a halt in it. Some of you are sitting here, pastor, saying, pastor, my marriage is taking my life from me. I'm not giving you permission to get out of your marriage. I'm giving you permission to start making life happen in your marriage. Some of you, I'm not giving you permission to quit your jobs. I'm giving you permission to be great at your job. I'm not giving you permission to walk out of the school system and say it's not working. I'm giving you permission to make the school system great. I'm not giving you permission to stop anything. I'm giving you all the permission to start something to make something happen in your life. Amen? And many people miss the point because they think to get out of something, they got to quit, stop, and go another direction when actually God just wants you to start moving in his direction. He'll start working all things out together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What decisions do you have to make today? What's the one decision you have to make today, right now, this morning? One decision you have to make today is this. You have to make the decision that you realize you've been bought with a price. Everybody has to make that decision. I wake up every morning and there's times I don't feel like doing something. There'll be a day when I don't feel like doing a pastor's blog. <laughs> Amen. I've been bought with a price. I am no longer my own. You've been bought with a price. And if you've been bought, that means it's impossible for you to be up for sale. Why have you been selling out for two day and the pleasures of two day when God's called you to be living for the day?